Hello and welcome to another episode of You and the Law podcast on Facebook Live. Uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in and joining us uh, today. Uh, we've got a, a, a topic that uh, we're going to be talking about that uh, hopefully will definitely get some people involved in the conversation. Uh, but I need to, I'm a, before I move on, I need to introduce who I am. I am Virgil Green, one of the co-hosts of the show, and the brother on the other end of the mic goes by the name of Chief Swag. Oh, bro. Hey, listen, man. Yeah, I hear you. You know, you're going to get it right sooner or later, man. It's going to be one of these things where you're just going to tell everybody, man, I was founder um, and the host. I brought you on. So, oh, okay. Well, you just you so you just did that. You just told everybody that you were the founder, you were the the host, and you just brought me on as a co-host. Absolutely. So thank so, you for saying that. Yeah, and, and so I, I, you know, and with that being said, you know, um, brother, it is a it is another historical day in in American history. Uh, you know, I, it's an amazing day, man, and it's a very emotional day, and it's a good day. I, I still have to go back and wonder, man, why it took so long. That, that's that's something that I was going to say you know, throughout the show. Why did it take so long to for the United States to get their first black woman to be on the Supreme Court? You know, and... Uh, and man, I've never seen anyone treated that way. Um, the only person I've seen treated that way, uh, and even not that bad, was uh, Obama's choice uh, that they voted that didn't get confirmation. Um, but I've I never, he wasn't yeah. even. He, he didn't even get treated. There's not yeah. even a comparison no. on how bad. No. This, this lady was uh, embarrassed. They tried to humiliate her. They tried to bring out the angry black woman, um, you know, but she was so classy and so calm. Uh, and then, you know, the, the two senators from this state didn't vote for her. No. And there, Even there's Oklahoma. No, there's no reason. When you ask them why, well, she's soft on this, really? So, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, people, are getting, people are getting killed based on the due to the liberal laws that you that they have passed regarding guns but you don't want this lady because you say that's that's hypocritical man double standard yeah. well it, it, you know what keith and i'm gonna say this and I, I know people listening to the show will either agree or disagree and, and that's great and that's fine but do you believe that there were some racism involved absolutely in her hearing a thousand percent so yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean because thinking about things that don't even make sense, man. What does critical race theory? What does uh, her husband, her being married to a, a white male, white man? What does that have to do with anything regarding her confirmation? That, no. I mean, you, they got way offline things that had nothing to do with legal stuff. She was called a Nazi. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. I yeah. mean, yes, it, it, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean. The last two Supreme Court uh, justices who went through that confirmation process, one was a white female, one was a white male. 
the Democrats did not treat them that way. They Absolutely the Democrats did surely did not treat uh, the 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 female who now sits on the Supreme Court. I can't think of her name. Well, um, uh, but this say, this lady here, they just absolutely tried to humiliate. It was her. so obvious. But then you're going to hear them say, "Well, no, there wasn't any racism in it. There wasn't any." Uh, come on, I mean, it was clear by the the tone that they had set. They set that tone for people to to sit there and say, "You're treating this black woman as if she doesn't even deserve this this." position she's being given this position yeah you know being given this position but you know anyway I, i'll tell you yeah. man, it just uh well it's embarrassing well, you know you know keith and i think you know for us you know our parents and our grandparents they never got the chance to see the first black president be elected they haven't got a chance to see the first black uh, woman being a, uh, appointed to the supreme court so I think this is a great day for for America, great day for black women. And and one of the things I'll say in, you know, hopefully the black women will rally around and support her uh, because I've heard people say, well, she's married to a white man. It doesn't make any difference. Have anything uh, to do with it, man. Have anything to do with it. And I, and I think that just goes back to on both sides of, of of the races, you got some black people who have have thrown some some comments out there that shouldn't have been thrown. You've got white people have done the same thing, but here is a time for uh, people to really look to say, "Here is a lady who was very deserving of, of this uh, position to sit on the Supreme Court," and the fact that you know so many other minority young girls are going to look to say this is something that they can accomplish one day. Well, well Virgil, you know, it, it, it goes back to uh, do black females give fair shots? Do black females have to prove themselves more than their counterparts? In this situation, this is a prime example. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then for those that have a problem with her being uh, in a biracial marriage, you can't help who you love, man. No, no. Has, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's who he loves. Him. He loves her. You know, yeah. it's just it's just like the vice president. She loves him. He loves her. That's none of our business. Uh, yeah. Who she marries, all we can do is make sure that she's being fair and open to the people uh, of this country. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's we get we do get caught up on a lot of this, you know, a lot of this stuff that really doesn't make any sense. But I go back to, you know, what does this stuff have to do with, you know, a kindergarten book? Um, that that was so. That was, I don't know where they came. Yeah, yeah, that was that was just to me. It was trying to get, and then the most absurd one was, what is the definition of a woman? Of a woman, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and then you got, it. Then it's almost like if you can't answer what the definition of a, of a woman is, why are you even why sitting you before this? Yeah, and, and, and again, it just goes to show you the the immaturity of people who have been elected to represent not just their constituents but everybody. So it is clear that you know I've heard 
politics should not be in the Supreme Court. But at some point, you got to ask yourself, when is that going to go back to a standard where it was not like that before? I don't think anything in government, whether it's federal, state, county, local, municipality, anything that deals with any type of uh, elected position or appointed position is, 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 is political. There's a political yeah. component of it, no matter what you yeah. say. And doing this job for 34 years and doing it in the last 15 years as an executive, you, 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 man, you see so much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, man, let's, yeah. you know, man, we, we but, could talk about that all night. Matter of fact, we probably yeah. need to have that conversation in the near future about yeah. how our sisters are treated. Yeah, definitely. So to let everybody know to, tonight, we're talking about uh, how gangs are able to operate behind prison walls. And, you know, Keith, I think a lot of, you know, when police officers arrest someone, they go through the, the criminal process, through the trial, they get sentenced, they go to prison. You would think that their criminal behavior would end outside of the prison walls. Uh, and just recently, uh, the state of Oklahoma Department of Justice uh, had like a five-year investigation where uh, over 125 members of the Irish mob were were charged with everything from contraband, bringing in cell phones, to, to drugs, to money laundering, whatever crime you could commit, this group of gangs had committed it in a prison. And so I thought it'd be a great topic to talk about because, again, it involves the criminal justice system but you got to ask yourself how are these people able to conduct that type of criminal activity in, in a federal prison or in a in a state prison well i mean but how do you how do you stop it i mean i'm not saying it's impossible to stop but how do you stop it it's a criminal enterprise uh you have so many tentacles uh attached to that enterprise uh it's not just the inmates man you have people at the top people in the middle uh, that are getting cutbacks uh, man, you hear these stories all the time about prison guards being impregnated by uh, prisoners. You hear uh, prison guards impregnate, impregnating uh, uh, prisoners. You hear yeah. about uh, uh, guns being found. Uh, you hear about drugs being found. You hear about people who are uh, making more money inside the prison than they are outside and people who are making more money outside. Um, and so it's it's an it's an enterprise, man, and 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 gangs have run, have had superiority in prisons for years. I'm talking really since prisons have existed. Uh, that's a protection thing. It's a uh, it's a business. People that go to jail for numbers uh, that are part of gangs uh, that go to jail for a long time and still run their businesses. Uh, so. You know, this is this is something that, um, you know, as law enforcement executives, we know this is occurring. This happens in local uh, jails. And yeah, it happens so, in county jail. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's a billion dollar industry. There's so many hands in on this on this stuff, man. So, um, yeah, it, it, man, this, you know, the, the one of the biggest gangs in prison is Sir 13. Um, you know, uh, and then you you know they talk about the Crips and they talk about the Crips and the Bloods. Yes, there's a component there, but not like the foreign gangs that 
or incarcerated here, here, here in the United States because it's all about money, man. It's about well, it, yeah. It, it's about money, and 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 you know, and it kind of goes back to the movie. Uh, you know, remember the movie Shawshank Redemption with yeah. Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Uh, whatever they wanted, they could get, and and the prison guards helped facilitate that all the way up to to the prison warden. So those things have actually occurred throughout the prison system, uh, either on a federal level or, or a state level. Uh, and it is because of the fact that you've got these inmates who come in or people who come in and they've got these ties to gangs or they've got ties to to other, uh, you know, other criminal organizations. Well, Virgil, well, you got to understand too. Then let's look at the. Um, hey, Candy, how you doing? Uh, let's look at the salaries and the benefits of the individuals who are working in the prisons. Um, let's look at what they. You know, let's look at what you know. Let's look at what they make. Let's look at their quality of life. Uh, not all, but just look. You know, when you when you think about those individuals who are who are working in the in the prisons uh, or in the penal institutions, and you you hear about them, a lot of them are not making any money. They're making yeah. more money bringing stuff in. Um, but when you when you think about it. Uh, you, you go back and you look at the Shawshank Redemption, right? How do you get a poster in there? And nobody, you know, nobody knows. I mean, how do you, how do you get, you know, they make their own liquor in the, in the, in the, uh, in the penitentiary. So, so you got to think about it, man. Idle time, idle mind is, is, is the devil's workshop. And man, I'm telling you, there's no way, um, that you, I don't think there's any way you can keep have a you can have a plan in place, but there's going to be some way some illegal, uh, illicit drug, or other item that's going to be smuggled into a pen, and the and the and the enterprise and the network is so far reaching it's difficult to find out who it is. Well, you people, well, you have people trying to get in. You have people intentionally trying to get into the penitentiary to commit crimes or, or to carry on their criminal enterprise. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said before, this is something that, that is not new to the to to the prison system, whether it's a state prison or a federal prison. But it is something that you know, obviously, you would expect for people who do go to, to jail or prison that their criminal enterprise is going to stop outside of the walls of the prison. What well, do, do you do? You expect to stop them from living? Or, or keeping up their lifestyle or or something pseudo lifestyle just because they're going to the well, penitentiary? Well, and I guess the, the question is how much, and, and this is not to say that, that the federal prison or state prisons don't do everything they can to prevent those things from happening. Right. But you have to ask yourself when, when you hear about a, this case, that took place here in Oklahoma with 125 members of the Irish mob being charged with the type of crimes that they were being charged, that they have been charged with. Uh, what does that say about that side of the criminal justice system to say, 
well, hey, we, we try to do everything we can to prevent it from happening. Yeah, we know that we have people who uh, they're, they are not making the type of uh, money that, that they should be making. But now we're making excuses for things to happen when these people take an oath to say that they're, these are things that they're not going to do, but they end up getting caught up in the system and doing it anyway. Not making, not making excuses. What I'm saying is... See, oh, I didn't I, say you were making excuses. Right, right. But w w what I think is that, man, people fail to realize people are human. And, just, and also they fail to realize just because you go to the penitentiary, everybody's not going to be rehabilitated. Some person, some people are going to look for ways to continue what they're doing. We haven't even touched on, you know, I can only imagine how many overdoses um, that occur occur in, in, in pen, I mean, in uh, penal institutions. Uh, I, it, it, it would amaze me, and I'm talking, and I'm, and that's including overdose death. That's that yeah. that's related to stuff. Um, man, people sneak stuff in. There's a way to get stuff in. You know, man, I, I've I've read some I've read some literature, man, where it talks about, you know, how, uh, you know, they write in code, um, you know, people are paid off. It, it, it's it's just it's great. It's a business, man, and, and it, that's what I that's what people have to understand. Criminal enterprises, including gangs, drug sales, gun sales, are criminal enterprises that have a connection to the penitentiary in some way. Well, and, and you know, Keith, so I'm going to go, you know, I was a police chief in Bowley, Oklahoma, where there's a, a state prison, uh, John Lilly Correctional Facility. Um, there was a time one where I had heard that there, it, people were dropping off contraband outside of the, the, uh, gates of the prison so uh one night i ended up finding some contraband that had been dropped off well it got back to me that certain people within the prison knew that this stuff was going to be dropped off but it wasn't there well what had happened was certain correctional officers had been paid money so now since that contraband hadn't been delivered to the inmates now the inmates was pretty pissed off at them because hey you've got the money that somebody on the outside paid you to make sure that we got what we needed and what it was it was some cell phones it was some it was some some uh some pills and some other contraband uh but it just goes to show you that you got a system that is broken and you have people who, for whatever reason, they turn their eye and they will say, hey, I'll give you $500 to bring in this a couple of cell phone us." Now you go from cell phones to drugs to any other type of contraband. And so now you're participating in these inmates criminal activities. And this thing goes on for years, just like this situation with this Irish mob. This has been going on for well over five or six years doing this investigation. Man, the, 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 these, uh, these gangs and 
other criminal enterprises have had ties to the penitentiary for years. Uh, just think of the white supremacist gangs and the, and oh, the yeah. African-American gangs um, that for years, and they continue to have, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's, like I said, for protection. Uh, yeah. Some of it's for the money. Uh, some of it is because it's just been a historical thing. And, and why should we stop now? Uh, is there any way to stop um, how these gangs operate behind prison wall? I think that you can make a dent in it. I think depending on the, I think depending on um, the level of the of the prison, I think you can handle. You can do more depending on that level where you have the minimal, medium, and then high risk. I think um, when you get when you have a um, a situation, an environment where people aren't going to get a second chance. Uh, people don't care. They didn't care out here when they were uh, in society. Now you've got them locked up. Why would they care? Why would they care then? Uh, so um, this shouldn't surprise people. Uh, this is this is something that's that's been going on for years and years. Will continue. Uh, you do have those wardens and, and executives of prisons that have a lot better hold. But you have some, man, that just, what can you do? Um, yeah. You know, well, what it, can you do? What, yeah. what policies or what processes can you put in place to eliminate? And I don't know if that's possible. I think that's the same way as asking as a police chief, or can you eliminate crime altogether? Absolutely not. No. Well, it, it, now I will say this, and, and you know you probably disagree with me, but here is a environment that you are supposed to be able to control, and I use that word "supposed to be able to control," but it's not being a hundred percent controlled. And, but you and, can't, and you it, can't hundred percent control anything, Virgin. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and even you're going to probably have some people who are who work in the who work in state or federal prison who will say we're they're doing everything they can to prevent these things from happening. And, right. and that's absolutely correct. But when I came across this this uh, article that what just happened here in Oklahoma with the uh, Irish mob into to see that you've got this type of criminal activity going on where there is these guys are uh, there's witness intimidation there is money laundering things that you would see occurring on the outside are the same things occurring on the on the side of the prison and these gang members are doing it with the help of people who work in those prisons listen Listen, it's just like police officers, man. We're doing our job. The majority of us are doing our jobs. We're out here fighting crime. We're out here making a difference. We're being proactive, not only reactive. But you know, it's, it's how much you know how much how much can we do? I mean, what's our limit? You know, and, and, and there's a perception out here that when you are in the criminal justice system, you can fix everything. You can fix this problem. Well, you can address the problem. You can't eliminate it. Uh, these things run deep. 
I and mean, we, we haven't even talked about the private prisons uh, uh, that um, are for, for profit and that they don't pay their staffing hardly anything. And the, and the bottom line is how much money can we, how much profit can we make? And so do you not think that there are uh, individuals uh, who, um, you know, individuals who are over that are supervisors or work inside these establishments that don't, um, that do turn a blind eye uh, to, to this, this kind of stuff, man. Cause you know, you know, it's going to happen. It's just like us as being police chiefs. We know it's going to, we know crime happens. We know there's going to be violent crimes. And in some cases we know where the high probability or possibility of it occurring, um, um, is going to happen. Uh, and we do every, but we still can't completely eliminate it. And, and, and Virgil, and, and Virgil Smith brings up a good point. What about inserting moles as informants? And that's done, that's done on a regular basis. Uh, but then, well, you, but then you got to realize the safety somebody's of life in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because there's there, the, the, the communication line is so, so, um, fluid. And and people know, man. People know you can go in and think you've got the best cover and this, that, and the other. And man, there's people that if somebody recognized somebody, you know, uh, from somewhere. You know, man, I was well, talking to my buddy, and this is this is this this, and he knows that person. So it's 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 that's a good point, and it does happen. Yeah. Um, well, and, and you know, Keith, uh, right before the pandemic, you know, we had. Or, well, before George Floyd incident, we had shows like, you know, uh, Cops. Uh, we had uh, First 48. Then there were some other shows that uh, showed where certain people were being inserted into uh, county jails, uh, kind of as informants to see what type of uh, activity, criminal activity was going on inside of the jails. Some of that you have to kind of question because these people, it was all for TV, but there were these type of shows that, that were kind of a reality show that showed people going inside of county jails uh, and pretending to be inmates, but they were actually citizens who were working hand-in-hand uh, -hand with, the, with the local sheriff department or the, whoever was running that county jail. So... But you, you do take the chance of of somebody's uh, safety becoming uh, in question when you do stuff like that. Hey, man, my, my buddy, Dr. Pellavon, thank, thank you yeah. for joining in, man. And uh, great question. To what degree is the violent inmate business gang and corrupt culture part of daily business? It's, uh, it, every day. Now, we don't hear about a lot of the stuff, you know, we hear about prison takeovers and riots and stuff like that. But unless you do some, some research, uh, and you talk to somebody who has firsthand knowledge of it, this is something that's, that, that goes on every day. It's just a daily routine, uh, yeah. some form of contraband, some form and that including weapons, drugs, money, um, alcohol um there's some form of contraband that's going to be in a prison whether it was um 
exported in. I'm sorry, imported in or exported, you know, imported in. There's going to be it because yeah. at the end of the day, that's business. It's a business for people. It's a business for people's cell phones. Oh, my goodness. How many times do we hear about cell phones being smuggled in? Uh, how many times do we hear uh, about, um, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's, it's amazing how the think the thought pattern of, of of these person. Some of them don't care. Some of them some of them don't care if they get caught. I go back to what I said. Why would I worry about um, contraband? Why would I worry about that if I know I don't have a chance to get out, or I yeah. know that if I'm gonna I'm gonna be in twenty or thirty years. I, I got to do what I know, and what I know is drugs. What I know yeah. is making illicit drinks. What I know is making weapons, selling weapons, uh, running my enterprise from inside. That's that's what I know. We got one right here. Guy's more powerful in jail than he is outside. Yeah. Well, the family, and, and the family yeah. runs a business. The family runs yeah. a business at his. I mean, it's, it's it's crazy, and we know that. And, and 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 he's in he's in a pen, and the state knows that. But how do you control that? Yeah. Well, and and uh, you know you know another comment that the doctor made was that therefore the systematic problem requires an an uh, an overall or an overall to create the detention facilities we need to protect and re rehabilitate. You know, and I you know, and I, I'm gonna throw this question out there to you and, and to those who are who are listening. And if you would just chime in and send a, a chat to us, um, you know, Keith, you you asked, and, and he corrected himself. He said, "Overall, uh, I know, I know what he meant. I know what he meant." Yeah, can can you can you realistically overall the a state prison to where if contraband should not be brought in? It should not be brought in. Is there is that a realistic uh, thing that should happen? Uh, and also, you've got people who feel like the criminal justice system, whether it's the police or if it's the, the Department of Corrections, are both corrupt. So you've got police officers who are doing things out on the streets. You've got uh, detention officers who are doing things behind the walls of prisons that are allowing these, these inmates to carry on their criminal behavior because they're they're getting some money under the table from it. And so now they've got to protect their jobs because if they don't, at some point, they either going to become, they're going to lose that job and find themselves on the on that side of the wall with the inmates that they used to uh, protect, I, I can't even say protect. Well, the, the thing becomes: can you minimize? Because you can't eliminate it, but I think you can minimize uh, the possibility uh, of uh, th these type of actions uh, from occurring. And I'm going to say this: my head goes off to detention officers, whether it's local, county, state, fed. My head goes off to you each and every one of you. And I think we forget that we have individuals, we, we've had just as many corrections officers who have who have died from COVID 
than almost patrol officers. We have just as many who are injured as patrol officers. I commend you because based on the fact of what you take home, uh, and with, uh, it does not equal up to what you all should be making based on what you what you deal with. But I do believe there's there's things that can be put in place to minimize, but it takes a lot of time, a lot of training, a lot of a lot of money. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. It, it does take some rehabilitate, strong rehabilitative programs inside of these facilities. So it's not just one. You know, we talk about the violent crime being a public health issue out here in, in the nation. There's a public health issue inside of our um, penal institutions. It's just, yeah. just it is. It, it, it <coughs> is. It's, it's violent. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, and, and let me say this. For some individuals, that's their safety zone, man. They, they can't survive. So it goes back to why would I stop doing the things that I'm doing now just because I'm in pen, especially if I get if I'm going away for some while, man, I gotta survive. This is all I know. All I know is using these type of drugs. All I know is selling these type of drugs. All I know is, you know, um, making uh, making these deals. That's all I know. <coughs> well, you know, that's all I know. But there are crimes. There are there are more crimes. Um, but you got to understand. I think a lot of people re- forget to realize too. A, a jail is a small is a community. So it's a it's a community. It's it's a it's a it's a residential area where people live, where they reside, where they sleep, where they eat. You know, where they where they work. It's a, it's an area. So so it's like any other city. Man, you're gonna have problems. And you're gonna have people doing things that you want to. What makes you think some of the smartest people in the world are behind bars? Yeah, some of the some of the smartest people have some of the highest IQs well, are behind bars. What what makes you think that they're not going to come up with these new ideas? That yeah. They're ten step ahead of the system sometimes. Yeah. So well, yeah. Well, hey Keith, uh, I want to get to the comment from from Margaret Webb. I don't know if you remember. Margaret, she's the um, uh, the the traveling lady who cr- who travels across the country, help feeding the homeless yeah. uh, in many cities. So, so Margaret, yeah. we definitely thank you for tuning into the show. And I know you're probably going to be hitting the road, hitting each state again, doing what you do to raise awareness to to the homeless population. So, she does some great work uh, in in California and across the country. So. Margaret, thank you for tuning in uh, to to the podcast show. Uh, we've got uh, another message from uh, Tony Hollis. Uh, and Tony, thank you for tuning in. He says, in regards to contraband, uh, I don't know if that's a, a question, but in regards to contraband, uh, you know, we contraband is is something that you know when we talk about cell phone used to be key. When you talked about contraband, it was cell phones. It was uh, maybe some Xanax pills. Now we're talking about, you know, fentanyl. These type of pills, and you know, it used to be marijuana was 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 a thing to get stuck into a prison. Well, now it's it's you know, besides the cell phones, it's fentanyl, and 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 you've got what's real heroin. scary, heroin. heroin. And what's real scary is when you have 
weapons that are being brought into the prison that are being brought into the prison, not by the inmates, but by the guards themselves. Our, our visitors. Our visitors. Our visitors. Our visitors. But it's so even when you got to ask yourself this question is so if a visitor is coming through the prison, they've got to go through checkpoints. Well, somebody knows that, hey, this is a person that you're not going to search or you're not going to do a thorough search. So because of what they have. So there are so many different there are so many pieces of the system that is broken that you have to ask yourself. It, we know the system wants to change, but does the system but there are people that are in the system that does not want the system to change because well, they're well, benefiting from it. Well, Virgil, let me say this. And you, you also know, and I think the listeners are aware of this, we also know that that's some of that stuff that some of that stuff can be manufactured inside the prisons. So you don't have to have a you don't have to have a big steel to produce meth. If you've got somebody who's smart enough to understand how to make um, how to make these illegal substances, they can do that. They can make they can make it uh, inside the prison. They makeshift equipment can make. It's just like rotten fruit, rotten plums, uh, you know, uh, uh, fermented you know fruit makes a wine. Yeah. They make they make well, wine out of that stuff. So so what we what we so see may be. Uh, something who's uh, that's not of use to us inside you got to do what you got to do to make it seem like you're at home so yeah it is it's it, it is a reflection because think about it what makes you think and, and joseph brings up a good point the violence in the prisons are the reflection of the violence outside yeah what makes us think because we put somebody behind bars they're going to stop their violence or it's going to stop the it's not. That's yeah. why it's very important for us to have these rehabilitation programs. And is it is it now? I'm not talking about these extremely violent people. I'm talking about individuals that may have a chance to be rehabilitated before they go to the penitentiary. Yeah. Something out here, work programs, teaching them how to be entrepreneurs. But but not getting off the topic. Let me tell you, it is, man. All you're well, doing so, is the so, prison and flip it around, turn it inside out. Yeah. You're, so, you're, you got some of America, man. Yeah. So let me, so, you know, Keith, right back in, uh, in, in 84, I started out working at a county jail back home in New Mexico. What's, what city? What city? Lovington, New Mexico. You know, oh, from Hobbs. You know, okay. you, I'm from Hobbs, but but the county seat is in Lovington, New Mexico. So, you know, here I am, you know, 20 something years old. These guys were taking uh, the peeling from potatoes to make alcohol. Yep. And, you know, and, I'm, and so, you know, I'm like 20, 22, 23 years old. And I'm sitting there like, what is this foul smell? But they were using the potato, the potato peelings, fermented potatoes, yeah, and rubbing alcohol or even anything they could do to make alcohol to get drunk off of. Hey man, uh, it's, called, it's called rubber dub. Rubber dub, yeah, rubber dub, and you know you take shoe polish and drain it through bread or you drain it through. Hey, listen, man, listen, it's about survival. Uh, 
it's about surviving. When you talk about these gangs, how much money do you think is related to prison gangs? How much money do you think is out here in society? Oh, man, it's, it's, a, it's, a million, it's a million dollar enterprise. No, 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 no. Billion? Billions of dollars. Yeah. Billions. Man, it's connections, man. You get a message yeah. out, man. You get a message out. It's just as many hits out here and in in they, they go on that was that were um facilitating place in the prison. institutions than it is an institution. Yeah. I well mean, and, and, and and see that's Keith and that was what some of this entail involved with this Irish mob gang uh, out of Oklahoma that they were uh they were targeting people on the outside uh uh, in the world. So uh, again, when you have that type of, when these individuals have that type of power, how do you, and you said you can't, but at some point, what do you do to try to break those systems from happening? And and this investigation that the D Department of Justice did with the U.S. Attorney's Office and so many other law enforcement agencies were involved, by charging and arresting these 125 Irish mob individuals, that took a dent in, in this criminal activity that was going across so many prisons throughout the state of Oklahoma. So uh, Tony Hollis asked the question, how often are shake, shakedowns of inmates and prison guards? You know, I, I, it happens, uh, Tony, but you know, obviously, it's something that you find a lot of prisons do well, and some prisons don't, uh, because you've got everybody from a, 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 the low ranking of a correctional officer all the way up to, uh, you know, a, a, a captain or a major or whatever the rank is within that uh, correctional facility. They've got their hands in the middle of, 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 of that enterprise that's going on within the, within that prison so those type of things do happen where shakedowns do occur and they do find contraband um but for, for the contraband you do find there's going to be a whole lot of contraband that you don't find so it, hey keith i want to remind everybody that you know you're listening to uh you and the law podcast show and today we're talking about how the prison system is operating, how gangs, not so much the prison system, but how gangs are able to continue their criminal behavior behind the walls of prison. So uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in and, and listening to the show and your comments on it. And we've got another comment from from the good doctor who says our society does not value their humanity and potentially for uh, this can apply to invest in re rehabilitation. We are too interested in punishment uh, and, and deprivation then asking, so what happens with these individuals after they return to society? I mean, Keith, as you stated earlier, you know, people get out of prison, they're going to go back to doing the same thing they were doing in prison that they were not doing before they got put in prison. Not everybody. 
Well, not everybody. You're yeah, right. Not everybody. So I want to clarify yeah. that. Yeah, not there, everybody. There, yeah, there, there are people that, you know, man, uh, they, they have no, uh, they, they're not even, they're not even, they don't even come to the level of, of recidivism. They don't, they want no part. They went in, they paid their debt. I hate that word, yeah. paid their debt. Paid their debt, yeah, yeah. They took yeah. their, they, they, they served their time, they came out, and they're doing the things that they need to do. Yeah. But normally, yeah. you know, so I guess, is it surprising that you arrest somebody who's in a gang before they go into the pen? Well, I don't think it's a surprise. I think, you know, I think people expect that there should be some level. If you're going to to use the word, if you're going to say we're going to re rehabilitate somebody. Right. You can only rehabilitate somebody if they want to be rehabilitated. And you if you right. are. You can't force rehabilitation on somebody. No. If you are a part of a very well organized gang on the outside, such as the Irish mob, such as, you know, you know, Bloods and, yeah, MS, you know, MS you know, you don't, yeah, if those uh, type of organiz, those are organizations. Those are just not small groups of people. Uh, so they have an they have an intent to do what they want to do. On the inside and outside, but some for some people, Virgil, and to the listener, it's survival for them. It's a survival thing, you know. Once they go inside the prison, and, and just because you get out uh, and you want to get out of the gang, it doesn't mean it's that easy because the connections are so deep. It's an enterprise, man. Well, I mean, I, I mean, we're not talking about we're not talking about the blood. You know, Mike and Steve, yeah, you know, got a little click. We're not talking about yeah. this. We're talking about an enterprise, a criminal enterprise is a pro is a program to where criminal activity, known illegal activity is utilized for profit. Yeah. It's committed for profit. That's simple as that. So we're not talking about a couple of kids down the street shoplifting. We're not talking about that. We're talking mm -hmm. about a 24 7, 365. Just think about law enforcement. We're open 24 7, 365. That's the way, yeah. that's the way, these, that's the way these people think, man. They think yeah. that's, well, that's what they do. And so, how do you how do you bust up a criminal enterprise? Well, okay, I can I can take down, you took down 125 of the Irish mob in, in Oklahoma City. But what about the what about the two or three hundred that might be in another and down in uh, McAllister? Yeah. Okay. What I mean, what happens to that? What happens to the? What happens when there's those? There are those that are in local jails waiting to transfer to, to state to a prison. Yeah. To prison. Man, come on. Yeah. I mean, that that's you got to think about that. Well, and you know, even on a local level, and you know, it is people who are not from Oklahoma, uh, probably are not aware of it, but I do know people who are listening now. Who are from Oklahoma are very familiar with the with the Oklahoma County detention facility, uh, with the type of contraband that that goes into that jail that these uh, correctional officers or DOs bring into the jail, and they end up getting caught. There are some young people, young men and women who uh, are easily influenced. They get caught bringing in contraband and 
Then they find themselves being arrested and uh, and going to jail. And it's not worth it. Uh, so I go back to this question. What is so tempting about it? So let's just talk about it on a, on a local level. What is so tempting about it, Keith, that would that would make somebody say, hey, I know I'm making $2,000 a month, but somebody's going to offer me $500 just to bring a cell phone in? Man, it's greed, man. It's greed, and you never think you're going to get caught, man. But Marcus said it right. Marcus said greed. Yeah, Marcus, it's greed, man. I'm on, I'm on, hey, 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 man, let me ask you something. Do you, do you think just because somebody puts on a, a prison guard outfit or police outfit, that makes them perfect? Do you no. think that there's not that potential? Absolutely. You, yeah. 22, 23, 24 years. And sometimes people who have been working in these penitentiaries 20, 25 years, it's greed, man. Yeah. Or it's, or, hey, man, they're not paying me any money anyway. So, man, sh- I'm going to get mine. Yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm get mine. I'm going I'm to do whatever, man. You know, who's going to know, man? Who cares? Hey, yeah. man, I, I ain't hurt nobody. These guys are, in the, these guys are behind, the, behind, behind the wall. Who's going to believe them? Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. You don't think these guys, there ain't no loyalty. But these guys, you're doing stuff for them. What makes you think they get caught, they're not going to sing on, on you? But it's greed, man. Was, man. It's greed. Well, it's being human and it's called greed. Yeah, well, you're right, Keith. And see, the thing of it is, these, these people think, hey, man, you're not going to tell on me because, you know. They don't I, you know, Yeah. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, guess what? You, you're going to get told on, and guess what? You're going to be getting arrested and sitting in a cell next to them, and they're going to be looking at you like, oh, you you dummy. But then guess what? Now they're going to find somebody else to bring in the stuff that you were bringing in to them. And, and, and Margaret brings a good point. And, that, and I think that's why it's hard. I mean, after these many years of doing this job, it does not surprise me what criminal justice professionals do. The, the ones, the stories that we hear, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't surprise me anymore. That's the deal. You you telling somebody, man, I'll get you, man, I'll buy you, I'll buy you a car. I'll put $5,000 in your bank account. And, and man, if you just sneak this package and you carry this package for me. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. mindset doesn't even think, man, is this a setup? Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't think all they see it's greed. It's money. It's, it's greed. It's, it's that. It's that. It is just. It's. It's. We can't understand that because that we don't have that kind of. That's not who we are. Yeah. Yeah. We just. We don't. Yeah. We, well, don't, we don't. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Keith. Tony says, in his opinion, rehabilitation is like anything else, meaning the incentives must be rewarded while serving their sentence as well as as when uh, released. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to have the programs, man. Um, you know, we were talking about this today. One of the worst things you can do to a person uh, that has gotten out of um, that's gotten out of the that has that has a record is, get, is that person gets out of jail. And we we do this. You're going to pay this person eight to ten dollars an hour, and you think that's going to? I mean, that's what you expect somebody to do, and they want them to go out here and pick up trash. But you just told this person, be thankful you got a job. Because I was one of those people that used to say that, man, they just need to be thankful they got a job. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, 
you've got to make people feel as though they they're valued, even if they've yeah. been in the penitentiary. You know, you got to get. We talk about people going, serving their time, getting out, but but then you want people to do things that you know they've already been. It's just it's crazy. It, it, it's 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 crazy, man. It, it, it's 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 very yeah. difficult to it's very difficult to just fathom. You know, this <laughs> this nation has is is got some some issues that I just don't I don't get. I just got. I mean, it's just some things that we talk about taking care of people, everybody getting an opportunity. But man, once you have that scarlet letter on you, and so people think, man, I might as well stay in here and make this money. I might as well stay with this criminal enterprise and make this money. You know, man, I, you know. It, it, you know, kid, I think the prison system is a system that, and this is a topic that we can, you know, have another podcast show about. Um, but let me, before I make my comment, let me go back to something that uh, comment was just made where doc, where the doctor said Tony is correct. You cannot reform or just or adjust a system when the overall culture remains intact. Prisons as they stand or operated cannot be reformed because it has been conditioned to remain broken. Uh, you, 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 I mean that's a, a good statement. I mean you've got some people who believe that the system is already broken and it's just not going to change. So you're going to continue to see that criminal behavior as long as you're going to have prison system. Well, you, you, you've got so many people, you know, two or three million people that are incarcerated. Uh, and then you, you look out and you think about how many people there are that, that are responsible for working to keep those individuals uh, inside those prisons. You're always going to be outnumbered. How do you, how do you control it when you're outnumbered? Yeah. How, how do you control it? How, how do you well, control it if you've got a three thousand person prison and you've got three hundred employees not working all at the same time? Correct. Yeah. How do you control Good. that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Margaret she makes a comment that most people don't get the help needed before going to jail. Uh, you know, again, it's a broken system. I mean. You've the got people who justice system is broken. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the comment that I was going to make uh, prior to you know reading the other comments was, you've got people who go to who commit crimes. They go to prison. They may be somebody who say maybe they were arrested for rape, or some type of sexual assault case, or whatever it may be. These people have never been in this type of environment before. So they go into this environment and all of a sudden they become victims of crimes such as being raped, where you got men being raped in prison, you got women being sexually assaulted and raped in prison. So, and all of these things are occurring, Keith, in the shadows of the people that are working there. And so, you know, it is sad to know that a man can go to prison who had a family, who did something stupid, but then 
before you know it, that man has been the victim of sexual assault. And now the the man he was, the man that he went into prison is not going to be the same man that he, when he gets out of prison. That wow. is that is something that is sad about, the, it's sad about that part of the criminal justice system. Well, it is, but I, I will I will tell you, man, that that um, that's a topic that yeah we need to have. That's a whole different. Oh whole different man, topic. yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it but is. you know, then you're going to get people that say, "Well, he got what he deserved." Um, well, and not all people, and not all people, man. Yeah. Not, again, you, you've got a person who did something stupid. The law held them accountable. No, nah, man, that ain't stupid, dude. That's criminal, man. Well, it, well, it, well, it, it, I, you know, when I say stupid, I mean, you know, typically, if you're going to just like a pastor who turns around and molests some 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 young girls at church. That's criminal. And he, his, that's that criminal. ain't stupid. That's that ain't criminal. stupid. Yeah. And he goes to church. I mean, he goes that's, to prison. That's low down. Yeah. And, and he goes to prison. Now, he's not going to be the same man going into prison as, as he was going as he came as he come at, came out but his victims aren't going to be the same either no and and i'm not making any excuses for because anybody who molests young girls uh boys. they deserve and boys they deserve every single thing that the law has to give them hey keith you know man i just we're this has been another great topic and i want to thank everybody for tuning in to the podcast show uh, and because you definitely, I think there's one of been one of the most engaging podcast shows that we've had in quite some time. Uh, we definitely want to thank everybody, uh, Margaret, who's way out there in California for tuning in and everybody who's tuned in around the country. Uh, I want to remind everybody that due to some things with my co-host, Here we're we going to be on, uh, we're going to be coming on what, uh, at seven 30. Uh, next Thursday and uh, next Thursday, next three Thursdays. So the next three Thursdays, we're going to be coming on live streaming on Facebook live at seven 30. So seven 30, seven 30 central time. So definitely make sure you tune in and, and listen to, uh, to the podcast show. We're going to have a guest on the podcast show in a couple of weeks. Uh, where we're going to be talking about the Michael Gaines case that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So, um, again, thank you. Thank to you, Margaret. Margaret. What Margaret got going on. Yeah, Margaret Andy's says... got something coming up, too. Yeah, so let's see. Margaret says she's got pushed and feed in Little Rock. And uh, what else we got going on? Candy's got something coming. She's got a, one of her community programs coming up. Uh, in, okay. in August, and we'll have her on to talk about that more. Yeah. And Margaret yeah, said, exactly. "You're right, man. It's fush. F U S fush." Okay. Yeah, fush and feed. Okay. Man, All right. Listen. All hey, right. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Yes, sir. Say Biden. President Joe Biden. Okay. And hey, everybody, remember. Oh, she said fish, fish and feed. Fish and feed. See, yeah. see, Margaret, you got to get it right because you're making me look bad over here, Margaret. So uh, we want to. Re- talks about passion.